Welcome to Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast. We're so happy you're here today to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your small business. Hi, business rock stars. My name is Maggie Mongan. I'm your host for today. I'm a tenured master business coach, trainer, strategist, you know, all things about business advancement for almost 20 years now. And I'm the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., which is a coaching practice specially designed to guide small businesses to optimize business performance and leadership. And I so much believe that small businesses are the accelerant of our economy that I went ahead and did something crazy. I created a number one best-selling business book series for small business, but I didn't do it alone. I didn't do it alone. I have a team of experts to help create an awesome chapter every year. So don't worry, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the near future of our conversation here today. But let's move on to what's most important. Today we have with us one of our number one best-selling business authors and tenured experts, Carrie Hoffman. Yay. Hello, Maggie. <laughs> the crowd's going wild. Woohoo! <laughs> okay, and I want to share with everyone that Carrie Hoffman empowers business owners and professionals with innovative digital solutions so they can remain relevant and grow their business. I'm so glad you're doing that, Carrie. Somebody needs to help us do this. Absolutely. Relevancy is so key right now. Thank you. So welcome, Carrie, and congrats on becoming a number one best-selling business author. Thank you, Maggie. You ready to have some fun? I am ready. Okay, so rev up your engines while I do a little more introduction for you, okay? Sounds good. Okay. Um, Carrie's book is volume three. It's the one with the ruby red cover, and it's titled Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And the subtitle is Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. Now, Volume 3, Ruby Red Cover, the sixth chapter is the one that Carrie Penn, and she's getting all excited here. I see her getting revved up. <laughs> it's titled Digital Mindset Required, Preparing Small Business for a Quantum Leap. And I'm so thrilled that you're with us today. Carrie, because our listeners are in for a really big treat, as you and I know. Yeah, I am thrilled to be here. You know I'm passionate about this topic, so I oh. am uh, ready to jump in. <laughs> well, not only are you passionate, you're a pro at this. There, there aren't many people on the planet that do what you do, and especially there is nobody that I know of that does it the way you do it. So, <laughs> you know, we need experts like you sharing your wisdom to help us navigate these really innovative and transformative times that we're living in. So thanks for showing up. Absolutely. My pleasure. Should we just dive into the conversation and let you wow everyone? <laughs> <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> okay. Let, let's go there. So here's the deal. My first question we're going to open up with, are you ready? I'm ready. <sighs> Maybe I should say, Carrie's done six other podcasts with us. And in the show notes, we're going to have those numbers. I'll, I'll share them real quickly 
if you want to write them down. 105, 112, 118, 127, 132, and 138. Okay, so now that people know you've been hanging around for a while. I have, yes. And the best way to digest your podcast is start with 105 and move up the ladder because you did this sequentially for us to help us with our learning curve. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. I didn't do this sequentially. (laughs) So now that everyone knows you've done six other podcast episodes here, can you give us some context for your discussion today in case they've missed them? Yeah, absolutely. So we have exited the Industrial Revolution, which started in the mid-1700s. I say it's about time, don't you think? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And we entered the next age around the year 2000. We know this because we can feel the acceleration of business, because many things that worked 20 years ago no longer work today, and because there are ways we are working today that didn't even exist 20 years ago. The thing that triggered the next stage is an exponential growth in technology, and that's what started around the year 2000. Yet many traditional businesses from the industrial age have not yet made the shift to a digital business in the next stage. So it's important to make the shift now and to start making the shift now if you haven't done this yet, and and that's for two reasons. One, the disruptions that are coming at us require the ability to be flexible and agile. That's a key characteristic of a digital business. The second is because the future of business is many magnitudes faster than digital business that you're supposed to be in now. So you've got to get in the digital business because the future is even faster. (laughs) Okay, so many of us are going to feel like the quantum leap is just to get digital. Yeah. And and it is in one regard. And then once you're there, it's easier to take the next step, the quantum leap, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I love what you said. Let's address one of these points. You said, this always starts with disruption, right? It does, yeah. Okay, and as we know, 2020 has been a year of disruption, personally and professionally. So how has the 2020 pandemic impacted the move to the next age? Yeah, I think it's important for people to remember that disruptions are always coming at us, right? But this one in 2020, this global pandemic, is the biggest disruption that we have ever seen anyone living, right? It's the biggest disruption in our history of everyone who's living today. Mm -hmm. So prior to the 2020 global pandemic, it was easy for traditional business owners to argue that not all businesses can become digital or need to become fully digital, right? And a lot of times we would have this argument without even establishing what does digital mean, so that's kind of funny. But but one of the silver linings of the pandemic is squashing this argument. The more digital a company was in February of 2020, the easier it was to pivot in March of 2020, not only to switch to work 100% of your employees from home in days or a couple of weeks. Everybody did that in days or a couple of weeks, which is kind of amazing. 
but it's also to be able to pivot on products and services to keep the revenue flowing and even grow the top line during quarter one of 2020, even if you weren't an essential business. So if you were a digital business prior, you were able to do this. You were able to grow your revenue in quarter one of 2020. This is important because the speed of current business is continuing to increase and the disruptions are going to keep coming at us faster and faster. Even if you don't believe that, every five to 10 years, there's a major downturn in the markets, right? Mm -hmm. We need to be flexible and agile enough to pivot. Change needs to, change needs to be routine. Does that make sense? Like the ability to change needs to become a routine thing that you're used to doing. Right. Okay. So I like that because this global pandemic pushed us into a change that for many people, many businesses was not commonplace. Right. Right. Change was like, whoa, what do we do? How do we do it? I don't even know what to do. And many became paralyzed. Yeah. A lot of businesses were used to continuous improvement, but not like a massive change all at once. So now what you're saying is we need to be prepared for uh, monumental moments so to occur and we adapt more gracefully, right? Right, right. We say, oh, you know what? We knew this was coming. No, we didn't know this was coming, but we knew something was going to be coming that was going to be on the magnitude of a disruption and we're ready for it. We've done this before. We got this. This was the eye opener, wasn't it? That was the eye-opener of the pandemic, for sure. Okay. So I love this because in your previous podcast episodes, you introduced this really cool thing, and I love it, and I can still see it in my head today. Every time I see digital flow framework, that's yours. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see the whole thing, and it's just like, boop, it's right there in my mind because we've talked about this so much. So can you briefly describe the framework for a little more context of where you're going to take us today? Yes, I'd love to. So the digital flow framework was built to explain the difference between traditional business in the industrial age and digital business in the next age. Understanding it and taking action will accelerate the move from a traditional to a digital business. There are three keys to achieve digital velocity that are built into the digital flow framework. And those three keys really explain the differences, the different ways of working in a digital company. The piece we didn't dive into detail is the future of business. That's the piece we haven't dove into in detail yet, but it is part of the digital flow framework. So today we're going to dive into the future of business. Woohoo! <laughs> I am so excited about this. Okay, everyone. So this is going to be fun because Carrie, you know, with her six episodes, she's really brought us up to now. And this is here we are now and what's next, right? Correct. Okay. So I recall that the digital flow framework is built on a metaphor of speed. Okay, and, and you described this so well. So can you remind us of the three levels of speed that we need to be paying attention to? Yeah, absolutely. And this is a metaphor, everyone. So this is a metaphor to help people understand 
the magnitude of the differences, okay? So the digital framework is based on a metaphor of three levels of speed. Let's start with level one. The fastest person to climb Mount Everest was ultra runner Killian Jornet. It took Killian 26 hours to climb to the peak. So if you take into account the distance and the elevation, this calculates to about 0.5 miles per hour. This is where traditional business from the industrial age sits. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Level two is the jet stream, and this is the weather phenomenon, the jet stream, which can go as fast as 250 miles per hour, a significantly faster speed than level one. Level two is where digital business lives, and that's where we're at today. Ooh, that is a significant difference. Yeah. That's an understatement, Carrie. This is huge. Huge difference. And that is why, that's actually why we've moved from one age to the next. It's such a huge difference that it's the next age. Okay. And those who are still lagging in level one, they're the ones that are having great difficulty right now, aren't they? Correct. Because they're having a hard time taking in everything that's happening and figuring out how to pivot. And they're not used to moving at a fast enough speed to be able to react to something that was, yeah, appropriately to something that was such a dramatic change. Okay, cool. All right, so big shift between level one and two, and you're probably going to tell us that level three is the same, but even more so, right? Oh, it is magnitudes <laughs> more. So like put your seatbelts on and pretty much get in your rocket, okay? Because amazingly enough, the solar winds stream off the sun in all directions at speeds of about 1 million miles per hour. And this is where the future of business sits. So we're going to go from 250 miles per hour to 1 million miles per hour. So you see the magnitude difference between level one and two versus level two and three. Oh, yes. <laughs> one is a seatbelt and one is you're strapped to a rocket. Yeah, you're strapped to a rocket and you've got, you know, a suit on that gives you oxygen, right? Right. So for everyone who's saying, man, I've had a lot of difficulty. Well, that's why. Right. And you got to get yourself into level two fully because level three is so much faster and it's coming in our lifetime. It's coming probably in the next decade or two. Okay, everyone, you heard it here. <laughs> We're all going to have rockets attached to us. Okay, so if people are interested in diving into level one, where traditional business sits, and level two, where digital business sits, be sure to check out some of Carrie's podcasts. Okay, now, this is really important. In particular, check out podcast 118, where Carrie introduces the digital flow framework. And then in podcasts 127, 132, and 138, they contain details about the three keys to achieve digital velocity. I feel like I'm doing a recap. I know. <laughs> I know. But, but it's so important. <laughs> right. So, so the three keys to achieve digital velocity is really important because these also explain the difference between traditional and digital business. But today, 
like we said earlier, we're going to move beyond and we're going to explore the future of business. I can't wait to hear about this and what you have to say and what happens up in those solar winds because this is new conversation point for us, right? Yeah, it is. We haven't discussed this before. Okay, so bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. Ah, yes. Level three, the solar winds. This is where we find the future of business. Up in the future of business are several exponential technologies that are in the development phase. They're being worked on by scientists, engineers, and makers. These technologies have the potential to change every aspect of the world as we know it. And they will make our current way of doing business, and I'm talking about the folks already doing digital business, look relatively slow. <laughs> okay, before I ask my next question to stay in our thought process here, you said they're being worked on by scientists, engineers, and makers. What's a maker? Yeah, a maker. Isn't that interesting? You know, there's maker spaces out there, but um, and there's people's garages. So makers are just like independent people who are tinkering. And they're not just tinkering with uh, the Lionel uh, train set like, you know, we used to 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate that. They That's are like way industrial age. <laughs> I know. Isn't it though? It totally is. Yeah. So, and I could go off on a tangent, but I won't. Um, <laughs> they are actually tinkering with artificial intelligence. They're tinkering with gene sequencing. They're tinkering with um, supercomputers. You know, you can actually rent space on a supercomputer like anybody can. No, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, so there's all this technology that's available to people as a service. And so makers, individual people can tinker with things. Okay, that, that's cool. Scientists, engineers, and makers. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess one of the, the more commonly known makers would be Steve Jobs, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Cool. And then he grew that into a huge business. I think the, I'm so glad you asked this question because the importance of this is the acceleration. The reason technology is coming at us at an exponential rate is because it's not just big companies innovating. It's big companies, medium companies, small companies, makers. This is why it's such an exponential increase. And it's also happening globally all over the world. No longer is the U.S. have the edge up on innovation. Anyone, anywhere in the world can be doing this, and they are. This is exciting times. It really is. Okay, so we're in a new way of collaborating. We're in a new way of innovating. We're in a new way of experiencing life and business, right? Correct. And before you said makers, you were talking about exponential technologies in the future of business. What the heck are you talking about? <laughs> there's a whole, there's a lot of them. There are many, and I want to touch on three. Okay. And, and please probably remember, all we can handle. Yeah, I think that is all we can handle. And please remember, they're all in the development stage, right? I say that, and then I kind of chuckle because... Actually, some of them are probably a little further along, but the first is definitely still in the development phase. It's called quantum computing. Okay. For the geeks or wannabe geeks out there, quantum computing is computer technology that's based on the principles of quantum theory, 
which explains the behavior of energy and material on the atomic or subatomic levels. Okay, so basically, it's creating computer part, power from parts of atoms. Okay, so imagine how tiny, tiny, tiny that is. I put a source in the podcast notes, which explains quantum theory further in fairly simple terms, in case you want to go into that a little more. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. For the non-geeks out there, one quantum computer chip will have the power of the fastest supercomputer which exists today. That's the magnitude that we're talking about. Wow. This, yeah. The significance of this level of power is the ability to process a vast number of calculations simultaneously, okay. which computers today are sequential. This is going to happen simultaneously. Okay, this is sort of funny to think about because we grew up at a time when the Texas Instrument Calculator was like all the rage. Oh my God, I love that you're bringing this up because I pulled my Texas Instruments Calculator from 1987 out of a box put new batteries in it because I still love that thing. And it, it finally died. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Your TA-35 is gone, huh? Yes. <laughs> I think I have it like right next to me somewhere still. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely hilarious. Okay. So, so we thought that was fabulous at what it could calculate. And now you're yeah. saying, oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. And look how long ago that was and how far we've come right? Right. And, and now you're saying, here's the next step, exponential technology. Yeah, you know, there's been people arguing that Moore's Law is going to die, like it can't continue. This actually will blow Moore's Law out of the water and enable <laughs> an amazing amount of computer power. <laughs> and it's a, and this is the huge, this is the big factor, right, in the metaphor of speed. This is why I can very comfortably say the future of business sits up in those solar winds, which is a million miles per hour compared to the jet stream of digital business, which is only 250 miles per hour. Oh, my gosh. That's wild. Okay. Yeah, this is the main driver of that. Okay. And now here you are. That's only the first example. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, everybody take a deep breath. If you need to hit pause, go ahead, hit pause. <laughs> Put the pieces of your mind back together because I'm sure they just got blown away. Now let's talk about this. What's the second exponential technology sitting in the future of business that you're going to share with us? Now the second one is going to sound a little bit more familiar. The second exponential exponential technology being worked on by those scientists, engineers, and makers is what I've what I refer to as fully cognitive AI, fully cognitive artificial intelligence. Another term that I heard recently is AGI, artificial general intelligence. Hmm. But regardless of the term, I'll make this easy. This is AI defined as the intelligence of a machine that can understand or learn any intellectual task that a human being can learn. A simpler way to think about this was explained to me by Peter Schwartz. Peter is a futurist that I had the honor to meet almost a decade ago, just after he joined Salesforce in his early 70s. This guy wow. is a passionate futurist, and he is amazing. I put a link in the podcast notes um, if you're interested in reading more about Peter. Um, there's a link that you could read more about him. 
But let me just briefly say, he has consulted with a wide array of companies, countries like Singapore, Davos, and even for movies like The Minority Report. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of movies based in the future that are based on technology in development today. And it's futurists like Peter that consult on that. Now, that makes sense because we always, I think most of us know that a lot of the movies come to pass as a truism right. in our reality. Okay. So he describes AI as little AI and big AI. Little AI is fully mature and being used today. So whenever you hear about machine learning or algorithms being used to correlate data, things like our shopping preferences on Amazon, this is little AI. Big AI is what I described previously as the as, it's kind of like when a machine can be as intelligent as the human brain. That's considered big AI. So big AI is another significant factor in the future speed of business and why big AI sits up in the solar winds in our metaphor and little AI sits down in the digital. Because we're doing the little AI now. Right. And the big AI is still in development and the potential is huge. The re, you know, part of the reason why big AI, uh, big AI is still under development is because compute power isn't there. So as quantum computing starts to become a reality, big AI also starts to become a reality. Oh, okay. Now that makes sense to me that we have to have the computing capability so we can do the big AI. So one of the things that um, I, I want to take a, a, a sidebar for a moment with you. Absolutely. Because you said machine learning. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people get freaked out when they hear the word machine. And now you just added learning to it. And then you're talking about the ability of the human brain coming. So um, help us, Carrie. Help <laughs> and us. People, people will debate with you about this. Like machine, right. machine learning uh, AI is a subset of machine learning, or machine learning is a subset of AI. Now, if you really just go out and do a little bit of research, machine learning is a piece of artificial intelligence. Okay, so, so it's just one us, of the ways. Give, I'm sorry, give us some examples of machine learning that we can relate to so people don't freak out as much. Yeah, and I think part of the confusion is because artificial intelligence uses algorithms. Algorithms are like equations, really. Right. Um, and so artificial intelligence use algorithms to figure things out, um, sort things out, sort vast amounts of information. Machine learning is taking those algorithms and the machine is learning itself by being exposed to a lot of data. So you can expose algorithms to data and have a human constantly update the algorithm. With machine learning, the machine learning algorithm reads all the data and updates itself to be able to predict better. And so the machine is learning. The but it's all a subset of artificial intelligence. Okay. So just like a child learns how to go ahead and build um, a pyramid of blocks, mm -hmm. the machines are doing the same thing without humans. Yeah, and, it, and your child analogy is really good because when you first give a child a set of blocks, 
in particular, if they're a boy, they want to throw them, right? And what do you do? You show them that, look, you can make a pyramid out of these blocks and you show that to them. And then once they have seen that, now they are learning on their own, right? And they're creating amazing things with blocks, right? I've seen kids do whole cities of blocks, right? Right. Well, no one's teaching them how to do that. They're teaching themselves after they had the basics down. Okay, I guess the same thing would be true with Legos, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so as humans, we already are familiar with this. We just don't see it that way yet. Right. Because this is unseen, right? Right. Legos is interesting, too, because if you think about Legos, the instructions to build what you bought the Lego kit for, that's an algorithm. When you start building your own things out of Legos without looking at the instructions. Now you're like a machine learning. Oh, ah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm glad I asked the question because I think it makes it more relevant for people. And, and that's what you do. You are so good at making things relevant. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I didn't start as a technologist, but I ended up in IT in my career and I'm so passionate about being able to explain it to people. <laughs> because it's not that you have to know how to code, but you have to know what's possible. So you can ask the people that do know how to code what to do for you. Does that make sense? So everyone needs to understand technology. I don't think we have a choice anymore. That's right. And the people who choose not to tend to be older generation and they are the dining, dying dinosaurs, right? Right, exactly. So, so here we are, we're in a whole different world. And I'm just like, okay, wow, um, all right, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about the possibilities because I'm a possibilitarian. Mm -hmm. So bring it on, Carrie. What's the third exponential technology that you want to share with us? Because I think this is all we have the capacity for. Poor little yeah, children. well, and now we're going to get into one that's going to be uh, controversial, right? The third technology to cover is synthetic biology, or more generally, just advanced biologics. There is an amazing array of advanced biologics impacting medicine, advanced material creation, like we're programming algae to produce fuel as an example in that one and even how to dispose of our trash. So we're programming microorganisms to break down our trash. Many of these advanced biologics are mature today. So things like stem cells, CRISPR, which allows you to insert things into a genetic code, personalized medicines, which are curing individuals' cancers, I had an amazing conversation with that futurist, Peter Schwartz, over dinner about life extension and the ability of someone who's in their 20s today likely to be able to live until they're 200. Wow. Like this, this is true today. Of course, there are all kinds of ramifications to this, and there are all kinds of stipulations, right? Right now, this kind of stuff is way too expensive. So the people who are taking advantage of it um, you know, are easily billionaires at this point. Just Googling life extension will take you on an amazing journey. <laughs> I bet it will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, sure. We, we've heard about the billionaires doing unique things to their biology. 
right they can continue to live a higher quality life and extend their life so okay this this isn't so far-fetched it's now if it is now stem cells crispr curing individual cancers right that that's stuff that we're all like oh okay fine yeah we can relate to that to some extent but then we start talking about life extension yeah crazy huh wow and and synthetic biology, like remember I said, it's still largely in the development pilot and trial stage, which means, yes, there is stuff that's mature today, but there's a lot more in development. So what is it really? It's seeking to redesign organisms for useful purposes by engineering them to have new abilities. Okay. And this, that's where it gets controversial. <laughs> okay. Redesign organisms for useful purposes by engineering them to have new abilities. Yeah, so what does that mean? It includes like rewiring a living organism, inserting code into living cells, and implanting computers within the human body. So like oh, wait, I said... Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're already doing some of this. Yeah, we are. You're right. We're already doing it, you know, pacemakers, they're not new, right? That's, that's uh, something that we're bringing into the human body that isn't naturally there, but it's helping reprogram cells, right? Yes, and people have, being able to hear. I was just the, gonna say, hearing, yeah, they have things implanted inside, like in their skulls, so that they can hear. And there's right. something being worked on right now for blind people to be able to see. Oh, now that I didn't know, but I was thinking of Parkinson's mm. and, and helping to calm down the, um, I don't even know what, what it's formally called when, when their body parts start shaking so much. Right, right. Um, so we are already familiar with some of these, but those are crude compared to where we're going, right? Exactly. So today we see a combination of AI and genetic sequencing applications and small mechanical devices already being applied. Tomorrow we're going to see computer code and nanobots being inserted into living cells and organs. Nanobots. <laughs> I love nanobots. I know. Just Google nanobots. It's really fun. I was first introduced <laughs> to them like uh, 2002. I had a CD that was talking about it, an interview, and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. So, oh, nanobots, just Google it. Yeah, you, you, know, you know, won't sleep for two or three days. No, you won't. You won't. Maybe I should bring this a little bit more back to home, though. Take note of how the technologies like AI and biologics are being combined into solutions and platforms, Okay. And I say take note of that because exponential technologies being combined into platforms is happening today on the digital level. And tomorrow it's going to happen on the quantum level. So this is that nanobot thing, right? It's starting to happen at more of an atomic level or parts of an atom. There is intelligence to everything, and now we're figuring out how to amplify it, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the genetic code is amazing. There's still so much we don't know about that. Right. And I imagine that a lot of where we're going with the synthetic biology will help us learn more about it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, if you take a step back and look at all three, quantum computing gives you the compute power, AI gives you the um, ability to make computations, right? It's like the ability to think. 
but way faster than the human mind can think. And then you think of life extension and how much more wise you are, right, at 50, 60, 70, 80. And if we extend that, how much more wisdom you'll have, right, as humans, and you combine all those things together, and that's why it'll change every aspect of the world as we know it. So we're going to go so far ahead that we'll become so wise like the Druids were centuries ago, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess oh, we'll, we'll see, right? <laughs> well, we won't see, but it is a po anything's possible. So this is cool. Okay, so I love that you gave us those three to work with, but let's bring it back to small business owners. What should we be doing today to prepare for the future of business? Because that's how we started this conversation. <laughs> exactly. Let's circle back around. Let's, let's give, everybody, give everybody three things to do. First, be aware of what is going on with the development of future technologies. This is important to keep you motivated to fully adapt the digital technologies and ways of working that exist today. So there's a plethora of sources of information out there. If you don't have a lot of time to spend, I suggest subscribing to the Singularity University newsletter. The website is su.org and there's a pink sign-up button on the top right-hand corner. Um, just briefly, SU, or Singularity University, was founded by Ray Kurzweil, an inventor and futurist himself. And as, as background, and this is right off their website, Singularity University is a global learning and innovation community using exponential technologies to tackle the world's biggest challenges and build a better future for all. So it's meant for business people, not technical people. And the research, therefore, is presented in easy-to-understand ways. So I, I love that because had we gone to that earlier and we would have seen exponential technologies, we wouldn't have known what the heck that was. And right. now we have a clue. So thank you. Yeah. So second, make sure you're adopting the new ways of working in level two, the jet stream, which is where digital business sits today. You have to become very agile and flexible in the way your work, you work today in order to keep up with the current speed of business. Okay. AKA embrace technology and a digital way of being and your business will move in the right direction, correct? Correct, correct. Okay. Get out of the industrial age, get yourself in the next stage in which we're living. Embrace it, baby. Yeah, and well, and third is to start adopting the exponential technologies which are mature today. So think of it as finding ways to automate your work. That's the simplest way I can put it. So, so I think, um, when I think little AI, I think, you know, little, that little artificial intelligence is a great example. It's easier than you think. It's not about buying AI and doing a project to implement it. Although that can be done and bigger companies are doing that. It's more about finding the apps and applications out there today which have AI built into their platform. So apps like Waze has similar functionality to Google Maps. It's using AI, it's using crowdsourcing, it's using all kinds of things, it's a platform. I mentioned Amazon shopping recommendations before. That's done with AI. I use a social media tool called Try Lately, which uses AI to take content like this podcast and automatically create around 40 posts in about less than a minute. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Automate your work. So it doesn't have to be complicated. No. Okay. 
and it is practical. Very practical. Got it. I love this. And I know you and I can talk forever about these things because we've had plenty of conversations. And we've given hints to other ones and some of the other podcasts, right? <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> I truly encourage everybody to go back. So um, let's do this. I'd love to talk more, but I know we need to wrap up. So do you have any last words of wisdom for us, Carrie? Absolutely. So this is going to be similar to some of the previous podcasts, Last Words of Wisdom, but I think it's so important that I'm going to repeat it here. Don't be afraid and instead get really good at fully adopting technology to automate your work. It's so important to get good at adopting fast as new technology is coming out constantly. You need to have a skill in picking and choosing what will work best for your business experiment fast, choose quickly, and start using it immediately. And don't be afraid to ditch something for something else. Don't be afraid to ditch something for something else. Can you give an example? Yeah, so social media tools. I started with one that was like the best free tool, easiest to use. I went to another one because I was ready to start paying for a social media tool and it had more functionality. So I stopped using the first one, started using the second one. And then less than a year later, I, find, I found TriLately, which is a new one that does the artificial intelligence and automatically creates posts out of content that I create. And so I switched to that one. But I actually switched, right? So I was, and I didn't switch just for the sake of switching. Each one had a better capability that I needed at the time. So I picked the new one, exited the old one completely. Okay, so it's not that it's a better flavored apple than the one you have eaten. It's that it's a whole buffet. Right. Okay. All right. So adapt. 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 Adapt, adapt. Be flexible. Adapt. Okay. Um, everyone, I want to share with you again the episodes that Carrie has already done because as soon as I do this, she's going to share how you can engage with her further because I know right now you're all thinking, how do I get a hold of this woman? <laughs> <laughs> And pick her brain, and we're going to have a really cool way that you can do that. So Carrie's episodes, and please, as we said earlier, listen to them sequentially, starting with 105, then moving to 112, 118, 127, 132, and 138. Carrie, why don't you tell everyone how they can engage with you a little further? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a short video series which goes into all the concepts of the last six podcasts. And there are three videos in total. They explain the concepts of evolutionary transitions, including the move out of the industrial age, how to achieve a digitally expanded mindset, and the digital flow framework. There's also an infographic on the five aspects of a digitally expanded mindset. So you can find all of this at kerryhoffman.com and there's a tab on there called Brilliant for the book, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small <laughs> Business Owner. <laughs> and um, all you have to do, it, you can just register to receive all that free. 
Um, you can also find links to my social media at kerryhoffman.com and feel free to link with me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Beautiful. Beautiful. So listeners, I'm so thrilled that you hung out with us today. You know how to get a hold of Carrie and dive into what she's talking about a little deeper and fill in some of the gaps because this was more of a recap and, and let's advance into the future. And probably one of the things that you would like to do is start at the beginning and read Carrie's chapter. What a novel idea. <laughs> Okay, and you'll also see that at the end of her chapter, she does have the links for you to go ahead and um, engage with this video series, correct, Carrie? That's correct. Okay, so Carrie is that number one best selling business author and international best selling author. Woo, kudos to you. And she wrote chapter six, which is Digital Mindset Required. Preparing Small Business for a Quantum Leap, Chapter 6 and Volume 3, the ruby red cover of Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And you can find us on Amazon and a whole bunch of places. That's all fine and dandy. Go have some fun there. Also, at the end of Carrie's chapter, there's an author page so you can get to know a little bit more about her. And then on her business page, she also has all her social media handles as well. So in, in case you're sitting there going, oh, oh, how do I do that? Well, now you'll know how to do that. But there's something else that's really cool. Right now, you can see everything about the book and, and the book series itself, as well as all the authors, by going ahead and downloading a free app on, from your app store, Brilliant Biz Book. That's one word, Brilliant Biz Book. And when you do, click on a feature that we have that's called ask an expert and you can find carrie hoffman's name there click on it typed her whatever you question you have because i'm sure she'll be more than happy to go ahead and answer your question and perhaps even guide you to some other resources for sure yeah because that's how carrie rolls she wants everyone to understand this so we have all sorts of goodness here. Carrie, I want to thank you for your time today. As always, you blow our mind and then you give us the pieces to bring it back together and the glue to adhere it <laughs> so we can move on. And um, I want to thank you because your genius truly is helping us understand all of this. Thank you. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, Maggie. I really appreciate it. Oh, yes. And I, I'm just like, whoo, I need a brain break after all this. <laughs> <laughs> and listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. We'll be back next week. So until then, have fun with this and shine brightly. <laughs>